this segment that we call Happy Facts, we bring in our two favorite happiness contributors from Live Happy Magazine. They are section editor Chris Libby. Hello. And our science editor Paula Phelps joining us from Nashville, Tennessee. Paula, hello. Howdy. We are glad you are here because what we do is we take our favorite facts that we found this week as they relate to positive psychology and then share them with you and discuss them. And we do not have a set order. So this week, let's start with Paula, Paula, what is your fun fact for the week? All right. Well, y'all are going to think I made this up. People who go to concerts are more satisfied with their lives. I think this is a little self-serving. The girl from Nashville, <laughs> Tennessee, where there is a live show every single hour is trying to tell us. How much is the Chamber of Commerce paying you uh, over there, Paula, for this? Well, I'm just trying to turn this into work. Oh, OK. <laughs> You're just trying to get right off. Swear. <laughs> so what's the what's the story behind that? Well, this study found uh, they studied over a thousand people and found that people who attended concerts regularly were actually happier in every area of their lives. Whoa. And had um, elevated levels of life satisfaction in, you know, whether it was economic or personal relationships, they were they were much happier. Well, I think there's probably a lot of factors to this. Number one, you mentioned economic. If you've got the money to go to concerts, you're probably doing OK because concerts aren't exactly cheap, depending on which ones you go to. I wonder how much of it has to do with the music aspect when we talked about the ways that music can boost your happiness or the social aspect of it, because we've talked a lot about how being social in groups can make you happier as well. And I think all of those things factor into this. Yeah. And do they do they actually have more money or is it that they're satisfied with the level of money they have um, because they're enjoying their lives? They're going to concerts. They're you know, they're happy. And so they don't feel like they need more. That's true. They could just be spending just ways that make them happy. Maybe they're skipping out on their uh, Bloom and Onions or whatever Australians eat. What do you think, Chris? <laughs> well, um, <laughs> I think, what, Paula, what do you think about the being in the moment aspect of it? Because when you're going to a concert, your your attention is focused, you are, you're in the flow, you're, and you're with a lot of like-minded people who want to be there. Yeah, I think, that, I think that has a lot to do with it because you really do have this bonding moment of, of being with these other people, and you are completely in that moment. Um, it's one of the few times where, well, unless you've got your phone out and you're you're thinking what a great Facebook post this is going to make. Um, but other than that, you're thinking, you know, you, you are just concerts? transfixed by the the moment that you're in. There is a, a study that found this same effect happens with people who sing choral music together. Oh, yeah. So we talked about that before. just going to see Bon Jovi. It's also, you know, if you go and you sing in a choir. You or, in your, the same effect. or in Chris's case, his Bon Jovi cover band. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> Living on a prayer. We'll all be praying if Chris starts out his Bon Jovi <laughs> cover band. Let's move on to our second fact, and that fact comes to us from Chris Libby. Money can buy you happiness. We've uh, said it before that it can't, but now we found out that it can. But money can buy you have it. Money can't buy me love. No, we've talked about this before, though. What? But this is coming at it from a different angle. It is. This study that came out from the proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, they found that when you trade your time for money, when you pay somebody to do things in your life to alleviate your time, then that can lead to more happiness in your life. If you use that time wisely, though, you can't pay somebody to, to free up your time and then you use that time to do more work or, right. or to add more stress to your life. And I think the more interesting thing about this is we have a real problem with time scarcity and um, that leads to all kinds of health problems, bad eating habits, bad sleeping habits. So the more uh, time we can get, 
the better off we'll be, the happier we'll be. I think that Chris brought up a really good point about the time scarcity. And we now, for the first time, hear the use of the phrase time famine. And, you know, we're time poor. And that's become a real concern for people. And if we can take even an hour that we can pay somebody else to do our grocery shopping or clean our house or whatever it is, and we can just enjoy ourselves during that time, whether it's taking the kids to the park or or being able to go to an exercise class, doing something that you really care about, you get, I would say, double the benefit for it. What about those that say that, you know, like we rely on technology. Now, there's some places where you can get your groceries delivered to you, and it kind of takes away from the social aspect of going to your neighborhood market. Is there some kind of drawback there, or are we more more in the line of thought that paying someone to go and stand in line for us is, is a better idea? Yeah, I mean, uh, if you enjoy doing that, then I can see where that... I don't. I'm just playing <laughs> <that can>, advocate. <laughs> I, I guess... If you enjoy that, please call me. Because... Yeah. <laughs> Paula's got some money she would like to spend on becoming happier. Yeah. One of the more uh, interesting things about this study was uh, right now we are wealthier than we've ever been in our time, and but we have the least amount of time. Um, so when you are able to replace that time or pl- replace uh, money with time and uh, get more quality time back in your life, uh, you can spend it by savoring moments with your children or catching up with friends or getting rest. All these things that really add extra benefit to your happiness. Lots of things you can do and uh, lots of uh, – but but they got to work to make that money. So it, yeah. it, you, you might gotta, have to – You got to find the balance. Exactly. Hey, Chris, can I pay you to write my stories next week? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, he already paid me. <laughs> oh, okay. That magazine's going to be awful next month. <laughs> Let's move on to our third and final fact, and that is my fact, and it is that encouraging your employees to practice meditation can increase happiness and productivity, and you can take that to the bank of England. (laughs) This is a story I found. I decided I wanted to bring more practical facts to stuff because you guys are sciencey and well-read and learned doctors, and I'm just the bumpkin over here. But I found a story that uh, about five years ago, the Bank of England, at uh, at a time when the financial sector wasn't as healthy as it is now, uh, through a freedom of information request, people found out that the Bank of England had been paying for meditation sessions for their employees. And as that happened, as uh, the recovery started to take root, their productivity increased, and it has really kind of changed their entire philosophy on uh, economics, where they're you know talking about less is more. They haven't hiked interest rates in years because of this mindfulness idea that uh, their CEO, uh, who is essentially like our Federal Reserve Chairman, uh, has really put throughout the entire organization. And it got me thinking about ways that companies can invest in their employees and in their happiness, and ways that eventually that pays off for them, uh, both monetarily, productivity-wise, and in attracting new employees in the future. For sure. This is actually a growing trend that we've found in, through researching this. Big companies like General Mills, Target, Google, they're all implementing mindfulness programs, uh, SAP, Aetna. Mm-hmm. So uh, because the re- the results are there, even though it's early in the studies, the research is there to show that there is a great return on investment when you, when you do things like this. Invest in your employees in that way. Uh, yeah. Like you said, productivity goes up. Another interesting thing is their health claims 
go down. They're not, they're right. not making as many health claims, and that doesn't uh, weigh on a company either. Well, yeah, and you think about you know most companies, and I, not all, I know, but most companies offer some form of health insurance or some kind of help in getting health insurance. You know, why not take those preventative steps uh, as well, rather than the the reactive step of of okay, well, we'll give you this money when you need to go, but here, let's find a way to keep you healthy and and on the job. What do you think, Paula? What do you think? What do you think the biggest value of this kind of stuff is? I think it's the happiness that you get. If you can create a great work environment, which when you have a an entire team that's meditating and is taking that time to do mindfulness practices and, and gets that calming effect, it's going to change the way they interact with each other, the way that they get along, and you're going to have happier employees. And that, again, leads to a more successful company. It leads to greater productivity. And just the fact that you can have a, a calmer, happier workday is, I mean, I think most of us would pay just to have that so uh, you know i think that's a huge bonus for them i don't know if it's legal to play devil's advocate on your own fact but i'm going to um (laughs) what about those old school types those old school mentalities who think this is a bunch of hippie nonsense and if we take an hour out of our day uh to sit around and think about ourselves it's going to cut out an hour that could be used for productivity what have we found that disproves that because people are more willing to work if they've got that, like Paula said, that calm sensibility heading into it. Well, yeah, and there are hundreds of billions of dollars lost to disengagement, disengaged employees. Right. So that right there just tells you when your employees are unproductive and disengaged, they're not making money for the company. They're yeah. they're not happy. They're not sticking around. They're taking more time off. They're you know they're unhealthy. Yeah. So that right there just just shows you that. I think it cuts out on burnout. I, I mean, exactly. like you're saying, people will eventually just be like, yeah, no, I can't do this for nine hours a day. Yeah. And they're gone. Well, some of these studies also say that uh, creativity increases when you bring in mindfulness. Also, better decision-making, too. And just think about all the money you're saving by making better decisions. Yeah, you don't have to do things <laughs> over and over and over and over. <laughs> 